Oh, sole mio. I don't know no more words <laughs> other than that. That's it? You, I that's was it. waiting for like... <laughs> well, all right, all right. You opened up really I was looking strong. at the was dog. Like I was looking at the dog eating the spaghetti. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was visioning that, all that stuff, man. Well, if I would have known I had to sing a song, I would have came up with a complete song, not just Joe, a verse. I told you I had to sing a song. You got to no, sing a verse on a song. You swung that, that on me now. That was good. That was good. Joe, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Well, thanks for inviting me, guys. Much appreciated. Okay, so we got a few little little housekeeping things going on right now. Where are we at, John? Right, our club. Well, first of all, I got John across the street here. Basically, uh, he's my guest host here, Stone Stro, Craft and Clerk. That's right. And we're at where? The Art Club. So why don't you let our listeners know about everything that's going on right now, those three things. Mm. Go ahead, shoot. Stone Stro Construction, all of your renovation needs. Craft and Clerk, we're your clerical subcontractors. Art Club. Is an awesome place to come, do a podcast, uh, do some office work, rent a car, get a speeding ticket. <laughs> I don't like that last one. <laughs> I haven't gotten a speeding ticket in forever. Really? Well, Knock on some wood. Hang please. on, hang on. I haven't had a speeding ticket stick in forever. Oh, those <laughs> are some bold There's moves. a difference. That, eh? There's We're a cocky, difference. Eh? Okay, cocky. there is a total difference. So, Joe, okay, Ferrara. Ferrara. Ferrara, yes. okay. And your company name is Napa Valley? Developments. Developments. Okay, so we're talking big, big bids, or what's going on? No, I'm just just a small guy. You're a little fish. Just a little fish. Yeah. A little fish in a big pond. Yeah, okay, that's good. <laughs> what are we going to talk about, Joe? What do we want to talk about? You guys let me know what you want to talk about. We want to talk about you, Joey. Yeah, no, it's all about you. The show's all about you. But oh, before, okay, so we got the, the website. I know you mentioned to me that you guys set it up. So NapaValleyContracting.com? Uh, that's right. Okay, and then the email is Joe at NapaValleyContracting.com. No social. No social. What are Very you? little social. 12 years old? What's going on here? How come there's no social? I'm, I, I compliment anybody who doesn't do social because I hate social, man. Manny, you're, you're a, you're a pity, pretty big wig I, in social media. I hate it, though. Media. It doesn't matter. I still hate it. It's a beast. <laughs> oh, wait, wait a minute. Are we talking about social media? <laughs> what happened there? Did we, did we pick a scab? No, no. I had actually, no, I had a funny call today or like a text. Someone, uh, someone I know in... Where's he at? Wisconsin or Michigan? He had a bad accident, man. So we're in a car shop here, basically. He sends me these text images of this Jeep that looked like a pop can, man. Mm. And I was like, dude, what the hell happened, man? And then I call him up. I'm like, Zach, what happened? He goes, I was doing a long day, working in construction, thought I could still hold myself. I fell asleep. Flip, 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 flip. Wow. Like I was like, everything's fine. He's just got some bumps and bruises, but I want to give him a little shout out to Zach there, man. I recover real quick, but I don't even know why that came up. Why that you know what up? they say. <laughs> One minute you're on the road looking at the scenery. Next thing you know, you're in the scenery looking at the road. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it, man. Let's get on with the show. Hey, with before the show. we get on to the show, hang on one second. A couple of things. I actually want to shout out the wine. Yeah? I want to compliment John for bringing the wine. So, guys, whenever there's wine on the show, John has brought it, which is really nice. So, John, you want to let the listeners know what two bottles we got going on here? Well, today. They're just closing the garage there. That's totally cool. Oh, shit, that scared me. <laughs> that really okay. scared me. You, didn't, you can't tell that's a garage going? Well, I was looking at the wine. I was distracted. John's uh, already on the second bottle. I, cannot, I can't even pronounce this wine. You know what I did? I went on price and recommendation by, by the LCBO. Big old shout out to the, to the LCBO, by the way. To the Lickbo, eh? To, to the, the Lickbo? Yeah, the Lickbo <laughs> helped me out. And you know what? We started talking about podcasts because the person who did help me out... He's like, oh, you're, you're doing a podcast. 
I want to do a podcast about wine. Where do I start? I said, just start talking shit. That's all it <laughs> is. Exactly. Just start talking shit and record yeah, it and put it. it out there. And somebody will start listening. Your, your dad and your, and your brother, your family's going to listen. And then if you're good enough, it's going to grow. That's it. Then complete strangers. That's right. And That's then it right. just goes from there. One bottle of wine we have is San Claudio II. For all, of all Italian wine this week. We didn't is that what Portuguese. it is? Is it yeah. because of Ferrara? Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. Okay. We, we, muscle, we muscle out the Portuguese today. <laughs> well, you knew Napa Valley contracting was coming in. You'd think you'd bring some California wine, a nice bottle of California. And we nice didn't put Italian. the two together. We you know what? No, so. we that's on me. That's on me. I dropped the bottle of wine. It's I, all right. I got to ask you guys a little construction question. What is moling? No idea. No, no <laughs> I'm, idea. I'm mulling that over right now, Manny. <laughs> what is moling? Okay, moling, um, this is the use of a 60-centimeter long, 6-centimeter wide steel mole, a pneumatically driven device which is inserted into the ground to create holes for pipes, heating coils, and heat pump systems without using any trenches. That is moling. Wow, I thought moling was like moldings. Moldings, no. Moldings. M O L I N G. Moling. You're bashing the ground. I'm just okay. saying, basically. All right. I didn't know that. Right. I just want to share that. Okay. Good share, man. All right, John, Good let's share. get on with the show. Joe, Joe, it's all about you, bro. Oh. All about you. I, I don't have social media. I do have some social media. I shouldn't say I don't. I have a website and um, I have, um, I'm on Instagram, but very rarely. I always thought that, you know, word of mouth to me is the best kind of advertisement. Completely uh, agree with you. One of the biggest reasons I say that is I see a, a lot of guys out there, and I've been doing this for 38 years, that have big websites and pages and all these pictures. Do you really think they're all their pictures? Do you really think that's all their work? Mm. So that's, what I, that's how I look at it. And the best way for me to get work, and it's most of my work for the, all my life has been word of mouth. And I think word of mouth, speaking to people, and find out what kind of person I am, what kind of work you do, is the best way to get business. Because, yeah. like I said, anybody can put anything they want in social media. And um, if you want to sift through that and believe it, what they got on there is true, God bless you. But the best way is, you know what, if I work for you, Manny, and John wants me to you know, do some work for him, speak to Manny. Come, yeah. along, come see the work yeah. we do. That's right. Why do you think these guys do this? Do you think they do it so then, first of all, they don't think that they can get caught. But do you think they do it so they can attract certain kind of clientele? But then if they don't know what you know, they'll get busted on the job site, no? Well, that's, uh, you're absolutely right. And that's, what I, that's how I look at it. A lot of times that's how I look at it. That, you know what? They put all these pictures out and everything else. They drive up to the house with this big fancy truck and, and all the advertisement on their jackets and shirts and all that. And um, sometimes they're fooling the customers because... Customers really don't know what they. A lot of customers really want to know what a lot of stuff, what the finish is going to be on the inside more than the else. And if they really search who they are and actually start to ask questions and mm. make the phone calls they have to without just looking at the pictures, go to Pinterest and all you see is all these great pictures and all that. But all those are made for, for you know, they're they're, they're basically made for. Presentation, for, for presentation purposes. Absolutely. Are you saying that social media is smoke and mirrors? It's uh, not real? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> not at all. Okay. No, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm all. saying it. I'm saying it because I, I totally, like, I agree with you. I agree with you that a lot of guys wish that they had those clients, that they could do those jobs. But you shouldn't really be deceiving the client, stepping on the job site and saying that this is my work if it's not your work. I remember early on, lots of companies in Mother Russia and other countries were stealing my work. And put it on their website. And I got to the point where, like, I can't do anything about it. Nope. 
Right. But I mean, obviously some guy over there, Vladimir or something is lying and saying that he did this and did that. Yeah. Maybe it gets him the job. Maybe he fools enough people in the beginning to build enough of a portfolio that he starts getting that clientele. So I think there's like there's maybe a slippery slope and maybe to be a devil's advocate. Sure. If you post all these pictures or if you post doctored pictures that maybe aren't your own, maybe you are a sub trade or maybe you were a laborer while you're doing it. That's a good point. And if you smoke the mirrors your way into a project and you killed it, is that a plus or a minus? That's a very good point. Right? That's what I mean. Because I think that we fluffed our own feathers just a little bit to get that job. However... A good contractor or a reputable contractor will go in there and kill it. And now they have that momentum to roll on. And now they have the real picture. So, But it's kind of f- like a relationship. It is. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, and, and I, I'm sure, I don't know you, Joe. I just met you. I briefly know him, right? I'm sure that we've all shared a light or two to get laid, right? John Moore oh. from Craft and Clerk, by the way. That's him. Him has a name, John Moore from Craft and Clerk. Sorry, John, right? But as I was saying, I think in our youth, we all shared a light or two to get laid, right? So, I mean... Yeah, but I think that's... A, you're 100% right. I take my craft very seriously, and what I try to do is the way I present myself is how I want to do my work. And how about if we go on a job and I got all these pictures and I'm showing you how great I am and you say to me, well, Joe, can I see that kitchen? And it's not my kitchen. Oh, and I'm going to have an excuse for that one. And then you look at another work that I did and how about can I see that bathroom? And I'm going to have another excuse. Red flags. Exactly. So then you got to go with your gut. If you're a client, you got to go with your gut. Right. But at the same time, I don't want to be that person that's going to do that. You know what? If I'm going to show you something. Go to the job and look at it. There's no pictures here. Just go and look at it. And that's the way I present myself. Anybody can do what they want. I'm not saying social media is not right or it's not, it is good or it's not good. That's who I am as a contractor. And, you know, God bless the last 38 years. All my work's been uh, word of mouth in the last 10 years. Last 10 years, I do all my own work. It's very rarely that I do work out there. I only do and pick and choose who I want to work for if I want to work for them. You haven't, like, as you've gotten older, gotten off the tools more like i mean i no, get this it's, it's not I about get off the all tools. the time man one of the, one of the biggest problems that's out there right now that i view is that there's just too many wannabes out there i agree I, and you know what you go price jobs and you and you sit there sometimes with customers and they're always talking about shows on tv and this guy and Uh-oh. that guy Uh-oh. so, Uh-oh. so and, there's nothing, and, there, and there's nothing wrong with that but i, I i'm not going to sit there and compete against what's going on on tv or anybody else out there and i can't do what they want me to do sometimes and within within seven days i will yeah. say i will say one thing about tv because joe you don't really know me but everyone knows my opinion about tv rental shows i will say one thing about tv where tv rental shows are all about production real contractors on the job site working the deal are all about construction that's Ooh. it oh I like there is that. no construction in I any like tv that. rental show and there is no production. That's the unfortunate thing that there's becoming a lot of production in real construction now because, like you said, everybody wants to be wannabes. Exactly. So everyone's so, trying to look prettier. Everyone's like pristine, clean workwear. I'm like, do you have pristine, clean workwear? <laughs> yeah. I have like caulking and silicone and holes and concrete and mortar. I have on all my workwear. That's just my workwear because I, 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 it, it happens because I'm on the job site. Well, you know what? It's funny we bring up that point, and I, I really didn't want to bring it up, but I was one of the first guys that did a TV show. Really? Back, back in 2005. It was called Mondo Condo. 
Like, do we have a celebrity it, on our hands? What's that? Was this a celebrity? Was this on yeah. HGTV? Uh, well, it was It was done through Miller Thompson. It was on uh, Global and it was also on CHCH. Okay. So All it right. was just at the very beginning. What was the basic uh, premise? What it was about is um, renovations for condos, small condo spaces and that. And what they actually started doing is that they actually had a big show at the exhibition for condo living. And you know, and you, and, and they were talking, you know, and they were bringing out smaller sofas and 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 um, you know, smaller furniture for the condos. Yeah. So ah. what we actually did is we did a renovation down in Toronto. It was nine months of my life. They sucked the life out of me. Didn't pay me for anything, and everything I brought in, including my trades, it was all gratis. At the Are end you of kidding the show, me? You work for free. We work for free just to be on the show. And, and how was the show? How was the work? Or how was everything? It was great. Don't get me wrong. It was great, but it was eight hours a day to work and to film. Yeah. So the, the renovation, it, what should have taken us two months to do, it took us nine months. So after one year, was it frustrating or what was the deal? Was it worth it? Or uh, what? You know I got to ask you, why did you agree to do it to be in the beginning? You know what? It was, uh, it was a good friend of mine. He was starting off his own company. Yeah. And so we did it to help him with his company more than anything else. But it was a great experience. Don't get me wrong. It was, it was a great experience. But the one thing that I really learned on there, and again, made for TV, it's the same as a lot of people don't understand that what you see on TV is not what really happens. We actually filmed for eight hours, but out of that eight hours, 15 minutes goes, not even 10 minutes of that is probably part of the show. And they're always perceiving us contractors as the bad guy that we don't know what we're doing. So, and you so see how that, did that sit with you? Well, it didn't sit good with me. Because that's not the truth. Not every it, contractor is a bad guy. Absolutely. So it didn't sit well with me. And we had conflicts while we were filming because you're not going to make me look like an idiot. And the homeowner knows what they're doing. Like, but it's, they got you by the balls because you guys sign off releases where they have the final say on how this absolutely. looks. Absolutely. But at the same time, we, I, did, I did put my, like, we, they, I didn't make them ourselves look like the idiots. We yeah. had to compromise on that. Got it. And the show went well. Don't get me wrong. It was a great experience. It was something that, you know, what, that I, would, I would never change. because. Would um, you do it again? Absolutely. But in a different term. You know what? People, in what way? Well, people have to understand that it's not always a contractor's fault. There's so many things that happen on a job that they do not see on TV. And that's the biggest thing. And I don't care who it is out there until you actually know the real truth of the story, because there's a lot of contractors out there are maybe getting paid cash. We don't really know what's going on with the situation. But then all of a sudden they turn on TV and you watch them and they're blaming the contractor. They're blaming the they're blaming everybody out there, but not the homeowner. And, 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 that's, and I think that's one of the biggest problems. That do, you, do you know why, Joe? Well, it's great TV. Everything to do with TV has to do with advertising. Everything to do with TV has to do with money. It's all monetary. Sure. Everything to do with it, it has to be monetary. If you want to kind of get the true answer, just watch the advertisements that are going on these shows. And they're all skewed to a certain demographic that is not the contractor. So 100%. you're selling like household products. You're selling tampons. You're selling all kinds of stuff like that. And so you can't have a show when you're selling that kind of advertising and make the contractor look positive. You well, just can't do that. And so this is my problem, again, like I said, about social media, bringing people to see my work and talking, and, and, and talking to the people I work for. That's the whole perception that, you know what, people have no idea. They just don't understand that part. And they're always making the contractor look like the bad guy. And I think that's one of the biggest problems out there. Well, we're, not, can, we're not all bad people. No, no, we're, yeah. we're not out there to scam anybody. I think you can agree with me, Joe, that there, first of all, there's three sides to every story. Oh, absolutely. So if something does happen on a job site, 
it could have been the client it could have been the contractor it could have been both but the thing is that the client will always have their version the contractor will have their version and then there's going to be the truth right that's it and it's true that a contractor could lie shed a little whatever and the client could play the victim and shed a little and that kind of bullshit but i don't and i agree with you i don't like that's how tv perceives things so that i've always had a bone with them i would ask you joe is there, is there a show right now like i mean i don't know if your wife watches it or somebody else here anybody that you know is there a show on tv that right now that you feel is construction worthy no not at all i and first of all i don't i don't watch I really don't watch them anymore. I don't watch TV. I watch I, I, Netflix and Amazon. That's what I watch. Exactly. So I, I try to stay away from them completely. I don't think there's that there's anybody out there. And I wish there would be a show that would be out there to put a live show on that nothing's cut out to actually see what's going on. They'll never do it. I've been told by producers that the audiences don't want to watch this. I've been point blank told in my face. Nobody wants to watch a show about construction. I've been Isn't told that sad? Isn't by that an sad? idiot on TV that nobody cares about this old house. But no, can, nobody cares about that show. Nobody cares about construction. And I'm like, you're an idiot, man. It's just yeah. like, I, I get it. But the thing is, you're not going to change them. Like you said, we're just some sort of dumb contractor. But that's, that's the whole thing that bothers me more than anything else. Is that you're 100% right that people do not know what really goes on a construction site. All they're seeing is what goes on in, the, in that half an hour, one hour show that they did a renovation, that they started it and they finished it and they say in two weeks or three weeks, but they don't have no idea of the timelines, the timelines and, no. and, and, and the frustrations that you get when you open up a wall that you don't know. Like that, All these things are not shown on TV. Just this week alone, I had to tell the client we had a delay in White Oak there's going to be a delay in the staircase arriving. Then I have millwork happening. And then the millwork design on one element is too large for potentially the opening that's being left with the new staircase. So we had a conversation debating, okay, do we push the staircase install because I have to get this millwork in here? Or do we get the staircase in here and then try to refabricate the millwork somehow? These are real problems on a real job site that happen that affect the cost, the timeline, the client, right. the contract. I'm also looking at what's going on in my next project. I'm, I'm trying to push this client, push that schedule. This is real construction, right? Exactly. And that's never been portrayed, right? Never. And that's, and that's the biggest problem with me, with social media, TV and all that, which really there's just bothers me to no extent that people don't know the truth. And that's the biggest problem. And that's why I do not watch him. That's why, you know what, a lot of times I'm sitting with people on that and you start talking about it and, they, and you have to keep your mouth shut because everybody's got an opinion. <laughs> not me. <laughs> yeah. but, but everybody's got an opinion and we're always portrayed as just a contractor. Well, let me ask you a question. How easy is it to be? That was Manny, by the way. <laughs> How easy is it to be a contractor, Manny? Like, seriously. It's hard. Everyone can you know be what? a contractor. It's hard. Everyone can do it. Everybody's got a skill saw. Dude, goes to Home Depot. It's and a it, career. It's hard. We're psychotherapists. We're fucking, like, babysitters. We're, like, how many different hats do we wear? We Way wear too many. so many Way hats, many. man. Yeah. And I'm not trying to diminish, diminish anybody else's career. I get frustrated and I get, I get angry, like fucking pussycat hair really long on the fucking tail, angry, when I hear anybody say that you're just a contractor. Exactly. Well, here's the thing. Let's just put it this way. We've done many big additions, and I'm talking about ripping roofs off a house and half the house is, you know, is coming down, and there's so much work. I have this family's life in my hand, okay, for six months or eight months or two months, whatever it can be, 
How many people out there, other than a doctor, like other having surgery, how many other you know professionals out there? Structural, have electrical, structural, there's so like, many. And, and people aspects. are, and here's the thing, and people are actually living in a rented apartment, and they got two or three kids. I remember doing one job about eight, about ten years ago, and we ripped off the person's roof, and we had to. Now we had to make talk sure. about stress, eh? Stress, mother nature, and stress. Like you are mother fighting you're something. You're fighting elements of the weather, and you're not only that. Now you're fighting to keep this house standing. No water damage. There's so many things. And then you got the customers that are living in an apartment with four kids. They can't take it. They can't take it. And they're coming home. And now they're arguing because they're not living in their house. The kids and all that. And they come on the job. And they look at it and goes, is that all you've done? And you're going like, wow. You just want to pull your it hair out. It just looks like a mess. It doesn't move so mess. fast for so right. long. And then it moves fast. And then it slows down. And then they slow it down. Then you speed it up. It's man, it's emotions. So here's another, here's another great example, man. How many times you go on a you, you get to the job and all of a sudden, oh, you know what? Um, architect made a change. Okay. Dun, dun, what do you mean? Dun. Architect made a change. And what's the change? Well, we decided to move the staircase over a foot. <laughs> well, hang on a second here. That's great. But did you guys think that there's a beam going down the hallway or whatever it is? Or there's cold air return or there's electrical. Or yeah, there's but my designer else. decides that we can do something better here. And you're going, okay. Do you know you just delayed the job by a month, month and a half? What do you mean you delayed it by a month, month and a half? Well, they just don't understand that when you start to make changes halfway through a renovation, all the, all the problems that come with it, they just don't get it. And now you're sitting there yeah. trying to explain this to a homeowner. Well, you know what? I saw it on TV how fast it is. Oh, wow. It's always about what you see and what yeah. my friend did. Oh, and my, and my, and my brother's a contractor. And everybody's a somebody now because with all the shows going on TV, again, you're always getting ridiculed because everybody's a contractor and their sister and aunt and everybody else has told them it's got to happen. <laughs> I think next time a client comes up to me and they say that the architect made a change, I'm going to say, so should I start calling him Caitlin? And then just walk away. <laughs> or just put out, oh, he made a change, $20,000, So you can make as many changes as you want, honestly. But it's just like that's when you as a contractor are going to have to explain the new timeline on everything. So like the budget, schedule, so when, everything. So when the architect makes a change and when the client comes to you and says, this staircase is going to be moved over a foot, everybody has a different pr process and procedure that they go through. Either they blow their, they blow their lid and they, and they throw hammers and they, and, they, and they huff and puff all over the place, or they say, okay, that's fine, however. So Joe, how do, how do you handle a change like that? How do you handle a change like that? You know, it's like I said, it's been about 10 years or so that serenity I haven't Serenity really... now, serenity yeah. now. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of times, Johnny, you know what, first, the way I would handle it is that, first of all, we'd have to make sure that we'd be able to do the, to, to make that change, if we can right. make that change. The scope. The scope of the work. And then, you know what, <laughs> again, you take a deep breath, and you're going to have to sit there and explain it to the customers what's going on, if the change can be made, right. and tell them why it can and can't be made. And then we just take it from there, and then we see whether, you know, whatever happens, happens. Do you put a price to it? I can't. I can't put a price to it until I actually see the scope of the work. Right. It's but so hard. It's so hard because they put the carriage before the horse. They make a change, but without knowing the repercussions, without knowing the budget, without knowing absolutely how much is going to change. I guess there's a, there's a real, like... I don't know. I guess there's a disconnect between the homeowner and the contractor and the architect where the contractor, yeah, sometimes he's just a 
He's just a stupid contractor. He's the last to know everything. Well, one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest things, again, I've done, it's been about 10 years that I really haven't really worked out for the public. And when I have, I've been, like I said, I've picked and choose who I want to work with. Right. One of the biggest things that I see today, everybody's a designer now. Everybody's doing a renovation, they have a designer. Everybody's working with a designer or an architect or whatever design build. Anybody can draw, anybody can design, but they've never built. So how can you sit there, and architecturally, you know, whoever's listening to right now, you're going to be saying, oh, what's he talking about? Well, let me tell you what I'm talking about. When you have a hammer and a skill saw, and you know what you're building, and you want to start to draw, make sure that it works. Because just because you draw it doesn't mean I can build it. That's right. And when you, build, sure. and, and when you draw it and you want me to build that, and I say I can't, and you want to art, and you want to tell your customers, because there's a disconnect now. There. All of a sudden... I'm the architect, you're just the builder, you do what we tell you. So you know what? I don't want those problems again because it, it, you know, it, it runs me the wrong way because I've been doing this since 1981, 82, and I started as a framer. That's a long time, man. That's the year I was born, yeah. Yeah. 82. Uh, great really? Nine. The year I was born, Come on. I was 11 years old. You're 11 years old. I was 11 years old. And back then we used to build simple houses in the subdivision. We used to throw houses up like that in, in, a, in, a, in, in a week. You'd put up these 11 square Two by four framing, right? There you go. Two by four framing, two by eight joists. You know what? A truss roof, 412 truss roofs. You can jump from house to house. It was so easy. What would it be like to frame a house at? Like, how long would it take to frame? Uh, we used to frame 1,100 square foot house. I'm going to say in four days. Three days. Three wow. days. Four frame. days. Oh, you could do a floor and all the walls. 1100. The house is 1,100 square feet. The first floor is 550 square feet. You got like 15 joists going up and, and, and two outside walls. Wow. And it was, and the truth, like I said, the, the back then, 412 roofs, 312, 412s, and they were all, uh, you know, either a gable roof, which was very rarely, and it was all cottage Upgrade. Pitch, <laughs> right? That, that was back then. And then as you started getting, you know, back, going closer, you know, towards the eight, late 80s, early 90s, you started seeing more different pitched roofs, 1012s, 1112s. And, and now today, like, you got, you're building houses that you're going like, holy smokes, how are we going to build this round roof on, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's The changed turret your, and all that kind of stuff, yeah. So there's so much going on today than it was years ago. But sometimes, like I said, they're drawing things. You're just going to yourself like, how do you build this? And they're drawing things to complicate building envelopes. So then you may not necessarily be able to seal these houses properly. And then all of a sudden you're going to have other problems. Snow, snow and ice is a huge issue yeah. with, with roof pitches and little and little weird gables. But it's drawn and it looks beautiful it looks and it's fabulous. gorgeous in the picture. And they sold it on the illustration. And now we got to build it. And that's exactly what I'm saying, Manny. And, and not only that. When I was building, right up to, I'm going to say, the mid-90s, early 2000s, there was no engineers involved. Now, it's true. Now, now everything an engineer is on a speed dial, man. Have to, he has to be because LVLs, steel beams. You got more steel beams than LVLs going in people's housing and going, like, all open concept. 10-foot and 12-foot uh, walls. Like, the things that are going on today is... It's racking. Is, it's yeah. racking. But and, the thing is, you're designing it based on this house being in an open field, and there's wind load, lateral load on it. But you're in a subdivision when you have a neighbor that's four feet away and you have another neighbor on the other side that's four feet. But we still have to calculate everything as if this is house. This house is on a, its own in the middle of the desert. Right. Exactly. And I'm like, but that's not right. How is that right? That's wrong, isn't it? Now well, you're you know what, Manny? You're just a contractor. I'm the architect, <laughs> so let me design it for you and just build it for me. No, so, we're all more than just a contractor, man. Are you guys going to have some pie? Like, John so, got some pie, man. This is so amazing. I, I was just away from uh, the podcast for five minutes picking up the pizza because everyone's hungry. We have a couple bottles of wine. 
And we're, we're trying to... Where are the napkins? Oh, there's no napkins. Uh, you gotta, you, you gotta use, use your shirt. Yeah, you gotta use your shirt. <laughs> You're just a contractor. <laughs> so, Joe, you said, you said for 10 years now, you've really picked and choose your clientele. Where, where has your company gone in the, in the 38 years that you've been in business? Well, in 38 After years... After you eat your pizza. In, the, in 38 years, I went from um, framing to custom homes, and in the last 10 years, we've gone from not just custom homes into <coughs> condominiums, building boutique condos, apartments, and now I'm doing triplexes, triplexes, apartments. I'm still doing some custom homes, but right now my, con- my business has gone right to the condos and, and apartments, which is right and left field. From yeah, why house. did you like that, that? That's a dramatic move, right? What, what didn't you like about custom homes that you love oh, about you know condos? It's not, I, I still love custom homes, don't get me wrong. I still love doing that. But it's a challenge. Now that I'm, now, you know what, when I built my condos out in Coburg, um, the construction factor is totally different. I went from uh, building with wood to actually um, all concrete. Concrete core slabs, ICF, steel. Right. And it's a different game. But they're now doing condos or high-rise up to six stories in, in wood. wood. But which makes me nervous, personally. Well, 100%. Like, and not only that. Even if they're doing wood, there's, there's so much more involved than just doing the wood. Now they're saying that as you're building up to six stories, I'm not sure, Manny, but I, I, I just hear friends of mine that are building, they actually have to put a sprinkler system in on each floor once you get up as you're constructing because of the fire factor. Right. During, during construction. construction. During construction. Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. Can you imagine living in that condo, six-story condo, all wood construction? I don't. I was, I was in one, and I was... I was it was weird because every four feet or so, there were massive threaded rods to tie each floor together. And I just, I didn't, it didn't feel as solid. Like it felt, it felt different. That's so, so here's the thing. The biggest thing I've learned since I, I built my condo back in 2016, fire separation in, in, in our, with concrete. And now when you're going through core slab, you got to, you know, you got to seal everything with, you know, fire caulking and right. just so much more that you learn. Now when you're talking about building a six-story, you know, condo or apartment or townhouses, whatever you want to build, the fire, they're so worried about all the fires that are starting in that today. It's all wood. When we were sealing the concrete, you're sealing actual concrete. And the reason you're sealing it is for smoke more than anything else. Now when you're, in, when you're actually, in, and, I, and I, was, I used to build a lot of townhouses, and we're building townhouses with double, and our separation walls, the mizen walls were double two-by-four walls and with a drywall in between. And when I'm and I, now when I'm looking, I'm going like, seriously, we're going up six stories. How are you actually getting that fire rating? We're so concerned about all the fires that are happening, like the one that just happened in Oshawa the other night. Right, right. And now we're looking at this going on, and I'm saying like, you want to live in that six-story building. Once you, that fire spreads and hits, it's just going to go right through the building. And people go, oh, you got the fire. Well, the fire rating and all that, it's never going to be 100% when you're building with wood. Well, and the fire rating is not indefinite. There's, there's a time limit on everything. Hundred. So concrete has an indefinite time limit. Can you imagine if you're somewhere and the fire department doesn't get there for half, like 20 minutes? Once that fire starts and it starts to spread in that, in that wood construction, yeah, you know what? It might hit the first, second, and third floor, but you're just trapped in that building. But then the compromise. So what if it does get past and it starts to eat away at the structure? What well, happens well, then? Well, there you go. Now, to fix a concrete structure, it's, you know, it's different because you can... You can start to fix the concrete or, you know what, you, there's different ways. Of, how do you start to fix a first floor? So yeah, why right. are guys doing condos in, in timber framing? Is it, is it that dramatically cheaper? I have no idea. Like I said, I know that when I first started framing, I was getting paid 85 cents a square foot. 
to frame a house. <laughs> 1881? What's going on here, man? <laughs> How much? So 81? 85 cents a square foot. It was 1982, 83. Jeez. In 81, 80, 82, I was, just, I was just a laborer. 85 cents a square I just want to absorb that, man. 85 cents a square foot. I think you couldn't pay a laborer 85 cents a square foot to sweep the floors during construction. Manny, 85 cents a square foot. A doll, uh, uh, then we got up to about Were a you dollar. happy? Like, were you like, oh, I got a job. Thank God. I'm happy. I was, I was 18 years old, 19 years old. I, absolutely. Back then, you know what? You made a dollar. Was, it was, you know, back then the dollar was different, right? You can, mm. in, in 85, when I bought my first house, I paid $65,000 for a house. So, wow. you know what? So back then you're making money. Absolutely. I was happy. You know what? You're young. You're putting money in your pocket. It was different. Now, to get a framer, to frame a house, depending on how the complexity oh. of a house, you're looking at 35, 30 bucks a square foot. Now you're looking at roof pitch, beams, corners. You're looking at all these different, like it's right. so expensive. And the amount of back framing when they have to come back. Absolutely. Now with the, with the price have gone up, now I'm building my triplexes out in, um, in Coburg. I started off with them as they were going to be wood construction. And so I priced them just before COVID with wood. And I knew what my cost was going to be. And then once, you know, once I figured out what the framer was going to charge me and, 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 and what the material was going to cost me, I started looking back into con concrete construction. And going to my course lab and, and, and you know my demise. What models. are we at? What are we looking? I'm probably saving about fifteen percent. On the conch? On the conch compared to wood. Jesus. And it's ten times fifteen percent or almost comparable to wood. But here's the thing, even if I paid an extra ten percent to build out of concrete, my build is ten times, twenty times more superior. Now, when I'm building wood with wood, all that fire separation, all that comes in. When I'm building with concrete, it's non-combustible. I don't need, I, I don't need um, sprinkler system. I don't have to worry about fire separation. I don't have to worry about the sound between the walls. There's so much more. And not, not only that, I'm putting a rooftop patio, which I can get an extra rent for the apartments, and put a rooftop patio. This is a triplex? Yeah, they're triplex. So, yeah, so it's four stories you need a sprinkler system, right? No. It all, it all, well, it's four stories or the depends the size, up to a certain oh, size. Oh, the size of it. Okay. But getting back to, oh, uh, these are commercial on the first floor and then two apartments above on each, uh, above each other. But once you start to figure out the cost and, 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 and the build, well, my construction of concrete, even if I paid 10 or 15% more and do that, I'd rather build that because I know that, you know what, I'm going to give the people a superior build. When you figure out completely where you're going at, that building's going to last for another yeah. 60, 70 years, 80 years where that wood construction, don't get me wrong, wood's, there's nothing wrong with wood, but it's a totally different build. But also wood is, I mean, as a commodity, concrete, we have concrete. Like the, there's no shortage of concrete. So let me Not ask yet. you a question, Manny. Why? Not yet. Not yet? You think it will be? Well, when you, when you have problems with bulk material coming in, and what bulk material are we talking about? Don't Lime we have a country aggregate. that's full of it right now? Hang on a no, second. We don't. No, I think we bring it in. We import no, no, it no. through the Lakers. St. Mary's out in Oshawa is one of the biggest plants. Yeah. Our limestone's here in Ontario. But they don't bring it here. They don't we, use our Ontario limestone. Sure they do. Really? Absolutely. 100%? CBM and all that when they're doing they their use concrete it? in their house. Absolutely. There's quarries out. They, in, it wouldn't be cost effective to bring it in. I mean, like, I don't know. We have, we have out in Buckhorn. One of my business partners has uh, Quartha Stone. Sorry, what was that? Kawartha Custom Cut Stone? That, that's the one, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, you know that's the one. <laughs> um, and, it's a, it's a, and we have a, it's a big uh, quarry out there. Mm -hmm. And there's so many quarries out there. And CBM's located at the same time where they have all their aggregates and all that. But a lot, and, and all our cement comes in from, a lot of the cement powder comes in from Quebec. The Portland? So, yeah. It comes really? in from Quebec. It's made in Quebec. So all, all the commodities are here for 
for for the concrete. We're, I mean, we're a self-sustained country. We are. We just don't act like it. Well, That's right. the politicians running the country just don't act like it. Uh, you're 100 percent right. Same with our lumber. Our lumber's off from BC. Meanwhile, we get we have we got number two and number three. You go to the United uh, States. I was I was in the United States back in 8990. Uh, I went down to see my cousins in Chicago, and I was watching them build out there. And I'm looking at the lumber. I'm going like, I could only wish we had wood too. My <laughs> boy, I was like this. Our wood fell off the <laughs> truck. You know, what I mean? a lot of times when I'm traveling, and we do quite a bit of traveling in the states, and when they're building in the in the, in the subdivision, I'm always driving in to see what how they're building compared to us. My God, their their lumber and their materials are ten times what we have here. I mean, what's our lumber? Yeah, it's going there. I, I was at Lowe's last night, and I'm looking at these two-by-fours and that. They're hockey sticks. They're and, Canadian hockey sticks. And you know what the great part is? It's kiln dry. So figure that out. So it's a kiln dry material. It's warped like a hockey stick, but it's kiln dry. <laughs> so that doesn't make any sense. Well, exactly. The purpose of kiln dry is to avoid hockey sticks. Is it because yeah. it's young growth? It doesn't have, it it doesn't have tight grass? It could be. I, I, like, I'm not a, a softwood expert. I don't know. I just I think there's an issue with the milling. I think there's an issue. I don't know, harvesting. There's got, I think there's a bunch of issues. I, I I have no idea. All I know is that Canadian lumber is all the best Canadian lumber is in the United States and right. around the world. And right. I get and we get our we get number two and number that three. That makes no sense to me. Right. And even when I'm ordering lumber, I always say, you know what? I want I want the, you know number one. They say, Joe, the best we can get is number two. Wow. The best we can get. The best we, we have here is number, number two one. that we produce. Right. So I want to go back to, so you calculated all the numbers, and the concrete was only 15% more. But when you also factored in the extra labor that it would have cost if you went wood to actually achieve all the fire rating and all that ceiling, you it's say, not really 15%. Exactly. So here's a great thing, too. When I'm building with the, with the concrete structure, it's core slab, all of a sudden I give you a nice loft look concrete look mm-hmm. that's, big, that's shine, big right which now. is huge right now yeah so i don't need that drywall i don't need the five-eighths drywall the double drywall and, and the taping and all that so right when you start to factor all these things in but here's the difference though manny i'm my own builder i'm not contracting out to johnny i'm not con- contracting out to manny i'm my i'm my own builder well, and you I'm probably my own... are there's other manny's in construction now. Oh, well I mean, yeah. <laughs> just saying but i'm just trying to say i'm not i'm not like a builder that i that i'm contracting out my work to a gc for sure i'm the gc so all the savings comes back to me so the advantage i have is again the only reason i'm saying i'm making this i'm saving is because i am the gc right now if i'm handing off to stone uh, stone throw and i say johnny price this job out well that concrete job is going to be 50 percent more because it's concrete well i got my hand in my pot too right you know exactly so that so that's the whole thing so when i build design i, I do all my own designs with my engineers and architects and i, I basically tell them how i want to build and then we put that on paper you have that that knowledge to drop with them if it were to manja, be a designer manja, or manja, yeah, manja. Yeah. everybody well, got to know investor. that we're manjade that's it if you were an investor and you're say, I'd like to build this condo in Coburg, let's hire Joe. He knows right. what he's doing. You're kind of cutting out the middleman. You have years and years in, in, the, in the industry of, of experience. It does make sense. So me being my own, that's why I'm saying I, I built for myself. Us buying our own properties and building our own buildings and all mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. When did you get that light bulb moment? Like you're framing houses in 81. At what point did you get that light bulb? Like, what was it that happened in the industry or in your personal life? Like, what what happened? Drive. Just drive. Well, yeah. Again, I I also own restaurants. So it's not, I'm not just a contract. So wait a minute. Hang on a second. Is this the Renaissance (laughs) man we're talking to right now? This is the Renaissance. So if, how's the pizza? The pizza's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Pizza's not bad. It's pretty good, actually. It's pretty good. So 82, you're framing. Right. Now you're building condos, you're owning restaurants. 
because of the drive? You're just driven. I'm just driven. I was in the restaurant business. Not in the re my uncle's owned restaurants, and I used to help them when I was a young kid. And it was just part of passion that I loved. And even when I got into construction, right up, I was married and kids and all that. And in my mid-20s, I was still helping my uncles at the restaurant. So it was just a passion I had with restaurants my whole life. Hmm. And I, but I love, I love construction. Construction is my moneymaker. So I grew up with that. And so I, I bought buildings. And when, when I had my building, I actually put my restaurant in. I always wanted to put a restaurant in there. So I, I built the restaurant. I built quite a few restaurants in Toronto. So I had that experience. So, but buildings are expensive. See, the difference is back then, buildings were cheap. Interest rates were insane. Yeah, was, today, buildings are expensive. Interest rates are cheap. Yeah. So it's, are you buying buildings today? Yeah, absolutely. You're buildings still buying, even though that they're expensive today. Well, me and my business partner, uh, we'll go out, and if we're out, we're probably buying a property a week. Really? You're we still see seeing something? deals. You're still seeing opportunity. Well, again, Manny, the reason, the way we see deals is, again, anything I buy, I want to buy what you're not going to buy. Well, because we know what to do and how exactly. to do it versus someone else that watches some stupid rental show on HDTV about income property. They think that, oh, no, we can take care of that ourselves, DIY, and then they're in a money pit at that point, right? Right, exactly. They don't know what to do. So that's so when we're buying properties or I'm buying properties, I buy properties that nobody else is going to buy because you know what? For what that, are you looking for, Joe? Like, What, what am you, I looking for? I'm yeah. looking for that ugly duckling. Okay. I'm looking for that property the diamond that in the rough. I'm in the rough. There's a lot. Of, there was a lot of them out there that I can go in there and people look at it and go, "Oh my God, it's going to cost me a million dollars to rebuild." I don't want to touch it. I exactly. Know. So I'm going, "Oh my God, this is exactly what I want." <laughs> I'm going to save a million dollars <laughs> here, right? We're, we're doing uh, we're doing our um, apartments right now out in Lakefield, and it's a 120 year old building that we're we're working on right now. We're just about finished. It's been a four year process. The building that we're doing right now, Manny, it, we ripped it all apart. We it, it's all uh, it's all double brick, triple brick. The whole building. It's got old school. Old school. It's got uh, main. It's got your main uh, walls. Uh, the se the separation walls. Separation walls and all that. Party walls. Party walls and, and also your integrity. Your your integrity is also like the center it's of the building. It's all brick, really. It's all brick. All triple brick. You oh, got to wow. see this place. And the floor joists are actually fourteen inch joists. 22 foot spans. So wow. you're looking at this place. Like true 14. True 14. And actually two and a half inches wide. Oh, uh, that's, um, that's a gem. You, so think it's Douglas, you think it's Douglas fir? Of course. It's yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When we saw this building, then my business partner, uh, Harry, drove by it and he goes, he wanted to buy this building for so long. When it finally came up for sale, we bought it. And we're looking at it and we're going like, all right, this is a great challenge. So it's been four years of our lives because we had to change the zoning on it to apartments. So a lot of work that I'd get involved. But now that we're just about to the end of it, it's, you know what, you sit back and the sense of um, an accomplishment, right? because we could do it, at our, if somebody else had to get in there, it's like a $4 million project. We're in there for a couple of million dollars, but for somebody else to get into that and try to get to accomplish what we've done, it's a lot of work and you have to know what you're doing and you're gonna have to rely on a lot of different people in it to make that happen. When we go in, and my, I got a great partner. He's, he's, he's great. He's a money man, and he knows how to put the deals together. And I'm the construction guy, so it makes our lives a lot easier. Like I said, when you're, you know, construct and build, and we design our own, it's totally different anything that we do than it is that somebody buys it and has to hire the GC. It's like sweat equity to the 10th degree. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And then how did you feel, like, how did you meet your partner there? Like, how did you guys connect there? Oh, that was as a story. He's, he's not construction. No, I met him because I had a restaurant in Whippy. He had a place in Coburg. I went down to see it and right on the water. Gorgeous. I don't know if anybody's been to Coburg, but Coburg, Coburg is a gorgeous town. They got a, one of the best beaches in Ontario. 
and they got yeah, a, totally. they, right and they got a gorgeous um marina mm-hmm. and he had um he had built all the townhouses. he actually started in coburn built the townhouses that faced the marina mm-hmm. and so he had this corner unit with two condos above it and it was perfect place for the wine bar so while i was building my place out in whitby um i went down to see it and we kind of connected and you know and he wanted me to put the place there. He was bugging me about it. And I really didn't want to do it because I didn't own the building. I'm not going to be putting half of me, you know, $200,000 into your building. If my business fails, I've lost everything. So I kept telling him. I said, listen, the only way we can get married here is partner up with me. I'll, we'll build the restaurant together. You know what I mean? You be my partner. I get part ownership here. You have part ownership, my, you know, and we kind of got together, and that's how we became partners. A lot of contractors are doing that because yeah. then you get partnered up with money people. Yeah. People that are, are knowing certain clientele that right. have certain properties. Right? But Harry, Harry's always been in that market, um, you know, as an entrepreneur at the same time, not only in financial, but he's also been in, you know, in, in the construction field and done renovations and all that for a lot of years. So it was a great marriage. He can see, he can see the diamond in the rough. Absolutely. He's got a great eye. He's a, he's a great partner. And um, we just got together and you know what? And uh, he sticks to the money part. I stick to the construction and you know, we got a great relationship. Do you, do you think that's a learned skill to see the diamond in the rough? Do you think that's a learned skill, or do you think it's it's uh, you're born with it? I don't know. I don't know. What do you What do you think? I, I mean, it's tough because as a contractor, it depends on what kind of contractor you want to be. Right. I think you got to draw a line in the sand to figure out does profit trump your conscience or something like that. Do I yeah. cut a corner here? Or cut a corner there? I don't know. There's different ways. Like I mean, everything about like, when you say flip to me or you. It says that you have to compromise. Yeah. So here's the thing, and I, I agree with you and disagree sometimes. I'll, I'll disagree because the whole time I've been driven to where I am in life today. I've always wanted to build a condo, and I did it. I always wanted to be on TV, and I did get on. You know what I mean? Like, I've always had that drive. When my kids were born, I had to make sure that when my kid was 16, I was going to buy a brand new car. I, I just had a dream. I had a drive where I wanted to be in life. Yeah, goals. I had goals, but was I going to accomplish them or not? Because you know what, I came from you know I'm, I came from that. I had to help my parents. Had to leave school to help my parents, like yeah. most Europeans. Yeah. So there's a lot of things going on, but I always had that entrepreneur spirit of getting somewhere. And I learned from a young age, working with my uncles in the restaurants and my grandfather on the farms and all that, how to get things, how to get them in life. You know, in a restaurant, you don't make money because you buy the best fruits and the best vegetables. You have to know where to buy and how to buy. And I guess I learned that at a young age. So going back to what I'm saying is, I never you don't cut corners. What I do is I go to and I and I become and, and I go to for example a tile company or or, or a lumber company or, or a flooring company, and I go in there and I see what they. So when I first started doing my first renovation, bought my first house and and renovated, I went to my friends and all that that I was working with and said, okay, you know what, I got this house I'm going to renovate. Show me what tiles I can get for a dollar. Show me what granite you can give me for 50 cents. Show me the flooring. So now what I'm doing is, okay, does it really matter? Let's just put the colors together that look decent. And that tile that's going to cost me a dollar was really an $8 tile. But it was an overrun. I only need 20, 50 square feet so I can get that tile at a good cost. So that's how I made money is by, you know what, not che- cheating on anywhere. And here's another thing. My brother and myself are framers. And my brother, who's always been beside me, he works with me. Anything we have to do, we've done all our own construction. We can do all our own framing. We can do all our own drywall. So between myself and my brother and myself, we had a team together. We can accomplish anything. So I had that at the same time. I had my older brother with me that would help me. And, you know, he's still with me. He's a great guy. And he runs my jobs for me. He's one of the smartest guys as a carpenter. And in construction, he's got great skills. 
So I, I was very gifted to have that with me at the same time. But you have to know how to build. You have to know, it's not about cutting corners, it's how to buy. It's like anything else. You want to you want to get making life. You have to know how to buy. You want to buy a house. Shop for those deals, eh? Right. That's that's that's. We what find I them. We find them all the time. They're we'll, there. We'll luck out. Yeah. There's there's occasionally you'll go to a place and all of a sudden you'll see something like, oh, we're gonna throw this out. It actually costs us more to keep it in the warehouse, so we're gonna chuck it out into the bin. Well, uh, hang on. Before you chuck it out, I'm gonna use it. Yeah. I'm gonna do something with it. I totally agree with you on that, man. Totally agree with you. So many times I, I went to my tile guy and he's got like a thousand square feet of tiles, two hundred square feet of this and that. And I say, you know, he's about to get rid of it or whatever. I said, how much you want for it? Uh, give me 1500 bucks, two grand. So I, and he holds it for me. And I use it on my job. So that's, that's how, I, you know, how I make money. You know what I mean? And so yeah. there's different ways of, of making money. But for me, that's how I find that. So you're not like, th there's no compromise <clears throat> when you do a flip. It's quality product. Regardless, it's shopped well. Absolutely. So there's, there's many, and you know what, you go to a Home Depot, you can go to a Lowe's or whatever it was, again, when I was first starting this about 10, 12 years ago when I started getting my first houses, and you could buy a toilet, say, on sale for 85 bucks or yep. whatever yep. it was. So what I'm trying to say is you can use those, right? Even though, and that $85 toilet could have been an American Standard was $200. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you got to figure out. And I've come across those. I've seen them, and I'm like, yeah, it's true. If you had an income property, all of a sudden you can just go, you know what? Give me four of those. Exactly. And then boom, you got new toilets. Everybody yeah. loves new toilets. And they don't like good quality toilets too. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense, man. And even today, like there's so many guys out there, tile companies, there's so many guys that well, tile companies out there that I bet you if you go in their warehouses, they, they got tiles, have stock. They got so much stock I in know. there that you know what they want to get rid of. You just offer them what they paid for it and you're ba and it's and like an eight, ten dollar tile. They'll get rid Absolutely. of it. Yeah. Same with quartz and granite and all that. There's so much quartz and granite out there. That the guys, people are making a lot of money on. But if you know how to shop, and, and you know what, there's so many colors that you don't have to pay that $85 a square foot or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. you could be paying. But that's all, again, you know, how you shop and who you know. Joe, you got to tell us where the name came from. You said it was a f interesting, funny. Which one kind of a story? Yeah, well, well I, was building, uh, I was building a restaurant down in Toronto. And um, every time I go in there, there's people drinking at the bar and that, right? And it's like a wine bar. And uh, everybody's always drinking. Uh, Cab, Napa Valley, you know, and I looked at the bottle and it's, it's a cab and Napa Valley and, you know, another guy drinking. So it's a wine. So I said to myself, you know what? I want to get a name that's going to stick into people's mind when they think about Napa Valley. They're going to think it's my company. That's, that's why I said, you know, I want to call myself Napa Valley Contracting. So now even when I, you know, you see people and, and that, and I, like I said, I don't do much, uh, any social media. Oh yeah, Napa, oh yeah, I've heard of you. You know what I mean? So the reason they heard of me is because the wine or the region the wine's coming from. They connected it, man. Napa Valley, I love it. All right, smart well, marketing. That's very. It smart is smart. Marketing. It's smart. And you know what? Let's, let's, we'll do a tiny little pause right here, so you can finish your food, man. Like honestly, Thanks, I feel bad that we're asking you all these questions. You're talking and we're you can't eating eat, on you the can't side. Eat. Yeah. And you can't even eat. Go ahead and eat, man. We'll take a pause. I'll be able to edit this. No problem, man. We're back. We're going to have to take a little tiny, tiny, tiny pause so we can have some pizza here and some have some vino. And let's get right back. You were just telling us about the name. So what's in store for the future here, Joe? You're not done yet, right? <sighs> no, you not even close. You still got to drive. You still got to drive. Big drive. You still got to drive. How old are you, man? Can I ask? No. He looks about 32 and a half. <laughs> started framing in, in Well, he started framing in 81. <laughs> I was 11 years old. I, like, you're in your 50s, mid-50s or so? I'm 57. Oh, you're getting more. You don't look 57. Thanks. You actually look no, pretty good, man. You don't, man. Must be all that Napa Valley wine. It's all that Napa Valley wine. Do you think your drive has increased? Or do you think you just have 
more room to play? Um, over the years, I think it's increased because there's so many things that have opened up for me in the last 10 years. So, you know what, now you start to look at things and building a custom home or doing a renovation is like the back of my hand. It's just too, too easy for me. A lot of things come easy for me. Even building a condo now and what I'm building, to me it feels easy. And I'll tell you why, because of all the experience, all my back experience and all that. But now I've actually put a proper team together where I got an architect that's working with me, and he's on, he's on my payroll. How long are the guys? Like everybody, your circle of construction there, how, how long have you known these guys? Uh, a lot of my trades have probably known about 10, 12 years. Okay. There's guys right. I've known longer. I've known Johnny over 15 years. There's uh-huh. guys I've known for 20 years. A lot of my suppliers, a lot of suppliers and, and my trades, that you know, granite and tiles and, and flooring that, a good 15 years. I try to keep my circle tight, and a lot of guys respect me, which is great. I give them work, and we, we work together as a team. And that's, I think, the biggest thing in, in this in construction is to have a good team around you, to be able to call anybody when you need them. And that comes down to respect and how you pay people. I think that's one of the important things. Again, being when I was framing in that, there was times that we wouldn't get paid for 30, 60, 90 days, and you're trying to grow a family, and you know what? You're making two bucks a square foot. At the end of the week, it's, you know, it's a $2,000 check where you're trying to pull teeth, where they're holding 10% here and that, and, right. and you're not, they're never getting paid. And, and then they just keep dragging you. And what I, what I honestly believe today is, you know what? Everybody's got bills to pay. I don't care about my suppliers, but I care about the people that work for me. A supplier, I can make them wait an extra 30 days if I have to. And you call them, you just let them know, you know, the payment's going to be late or you send them some money. But at least you pay your trades. The trades need to be paid. And that's the biggest thing. Sometimes, you know what, it's like anything else. Instead of 15 days, you get paid 30 days. But I try to keep the guys on But time I find all sometimes time. guys today want to get paid the very same day or the next day that they completed the scope. Yeah, you know what, and that's why I don't have those guys working for me. Like, I just, I don't get yeah. that. Like, all of a sudden, instant gratitude. And then the worst thing is that everybody wants to get paid e-transfer so then it can even be faster. Yeah. I don't, I well, don't, it's harder to keep track bookkeeping-wise, and e-transfer is like is a it? shot in the dark. Yeah, absolutely. How was that? How, well, it's how? terrible because you don't you don't have a paper trace. Yeah. If it's a ten thousand dollar job, you get two and a half e transfers, and if the bookkeeping is done properly and you don't reconcile at the end of the month, you have no idea where those. Yeah, I guess so it makes sense out. because they submit an invoice and then all of a sudden you have to connect that invoice to a, an amount. It's not a a check is different because it actually goes right through exactly, and you attach it to the amount. I That's agree. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm against all of that. That's why. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I one of the biggest problems that I have, and you know, and I agree with you 100. Uh, these guys, you know, as soon as they finish the job, they want to get paid, or you know what, I want money up front. And those guys I don't work with because they're the flyby nights. If you open a business, just like anything else, I've I've built restaurants from you know. Uh, turnkey uh, for people and I've always said to them you know when I'm building these restaurants for them and they want to spend a million dollars on a restaurant but you spend a million dollars on a restaurant they're so worried because the designer wants this design but they don't know about how about the chef how about the food how about the rent how about the booze how about if nobody shows up for the first month so you have to have money in the bank if you're opening a restaurant you have to have six months of rent survivability survivability for six months if you're open a construction company and you want to do a job for me and it's a ten thousand dollar job or twenty thousand dollar job or even a dollar job you got to make sure that you can sustain that money because you're not going to get paid right away and if that's what you're going to do don't get in the business you don't belong there because how if you're if, if that's happening to me can you imagine how many other people how many other jobs he's got out there running around to everybody because he can cannot sustain his life so if that's the problem, I don't need that problem in my life. So I try to stick with the guys I know, make sure they get paid properly. You know what? I, I've changed trades a couple of times. But again, 
those are the ones that get too comfortable with you. Hey, you know what, uh, Joe, I'll be there tomorrow and I'll be there next week and all that. And I'm saying to myself, well, you know what, every time you want to get paid, you got paid. Now, all of a sudden, you became my best buddy, and you can dictate to me when you want to come in and when you don't want to come in. Well, I just, those trades should pay attention that you're paying attention to that. Right? right? When you become complacent, it's a problem for it everybody. Is. It is, right? And you shouldn't be that way. 100%. So there's so many things in business that people don't understand. Like, there's a lot, there's a wide range that when you get into business, listen, I'm no better than anybody else. Maybe I, 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 I don't do, um, I, I, I don't take notes the way I should. I don't, you know, I don't have proper scheduling. It's all of my brain. Like, I, you know what? My biggest thing is I can have eight jobs going and have them in my brain. When things slow down and everything else, my brain is, is not working properly. You know what? It's moving too fast and not enough information. Right. There's just so many companies. Construction, any business is the same, whether it's a restaurant, whether you're running a restaurant, a laundromat or whatever it is. They're all exactly the same. It's all the way you respect the people and people work around you. But any business you open, you have to have money in it to uh-huh, make sure that, sure. you know what, that if I'm not paying you in 30 days, that you're going to have enough money. You're not going to threaten me not to do my, like, there's so many things out there that a lot of guys don't understand. And also with homeowners, like, that are getting renovations done and, and, yeah. uh, and that are getting houses built. How many horror stories you hear all the time? Well, the guy took my $30,000, he didn't come back. My model is I don't want your money. I only want enough money to get my drawings and my permits. And then when I drop the lumber off, I get paid. And then when I do the drywall, I get paid. I don't want any money other than the work we've done because if we have a situation, your contract only stipulates that you only pay me for the work that I've done. I don't want $100,000 on a two. Like that's, that's, that, whoever signs that is, is insane. I would never give anybody any money that drop the lumber off, do so much work and get paid. And I believe the way I want to get paid is the way anybody else should get paid. You put, you know what, you're the drywall, you put 100 sheets of drywall up, you get paid for it. Or you drop it on site, I'll pay for the drywall. Everybody wants a deposit. Every trade wants some. And, and I've had these conversations before where, like, listen, I'm not carrying your jobs. Just because other GCs are not paying you on time doesn't mean that I pay on time. I should pay you. I'm not carrying your job. Right. So you're going to have to wait until, this, like you said, the scope of work has to be completed. Then you'll be compensated. Do you Absolutely. Think that but I have to buy material. I have to buy material. I was going, yeah, but that material is not going to get installed until another two, three months. So then why do I have to float you? Yeah. What I'm materials not, you got to buy? First not, of all, that's, 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 that's insane. What material are you buying? Why, why are you pricing the job? But that's what you're hearing. You, that's what you're hearing, right? But you, but you understand. So that's, yeah. that's what I'm trying to. So that's what I'm saying, Manny. If, when I'm working Sorry, for Jen, my, I cut you off. And now no, I just got you off. I'm cutting everybody off. That's okay. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's how we roll here yeah. on the construction life. But that's what I'm saying. If you can't carry that $100,000 job, that contractor should not have that job. Done. Period. Because mm. what problems are you going to have down the road with them? And here's the, and I think one of the biggest problems that we have, who are you going to find today? To find the trade, I'm just trying to find a framer. A good framer. A good framer. Not a guy that, you know what, oh, yeah, I mean, what have you framed? Like, you know, sometimes you see they all have their, their, their nailers now, their compressors and all that, and they don't even have a hammer. Like, Do they have a Martinez hammer? Oh, God. Is that, is that the new You know what, I'm curious. Let's, let's, I want to have a little fun here, Joel. I'm curious. What's your choice of hammer? A stiletto. Okay. All right. How Always been? Always, Always been. been. So, uh, no, so wait, is mine. Wait, wait. my first what? one is an S-Wing. With a blue rubber Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was my dad, so I just inherited it. Okay. And I was using it and I didn't know any better. But when I actually wanted it, I bought one yeah. and, and I still and all of a sudden, wood handle, man. I went I went wood handle. So here's the thing. I went to wood handle, but when I was working when I was framing, and we used to have to open up those beam pockets 
and that, and I'm using, and when I'm using my S-wing, and I'm hitting the concrete and <laughs> the steel, S-wing. no problem at all. <laughs> when you start to use this load, and you're starting to open it, and you start, all of a sudden, I was starting to chip my hammer. So I had yeah. to have two hammers. I had the one that I would use when I'm working on with concrete, you know, with, 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 when I'm nailing, I was using my stiletto. When it was for anything else, demolitions, I'm using my S-wing. So I had two hammers. <laughs> so, so you were using a Woody then? I was so using a Woody. So a titanium head w- without the, uh, the steel the Absolutely. Steel titanium okay. hammer, that yeah. was the best. Yeah, but all, all the kids want the whole thing terminated. You know what I mean? They want that whole piece of titanium steel. They, right. they have, you know what, when I see that, here I am. Here, I, I got compressors. So I was using compressors and all that. And I'm going, okay. Here I am nailing the wall together. When I was using my hammer and I was using a three and a quarter inch spiral nail, that would pull the wood nice together. You're hitting it, banging, you got a good job. Now you're putting, a, you're, you're, you're using a, your framing gun. There's no spirals, nothing on right. it. And it's not pulling it. And then you get your hammer and you got to smack it together. Guess what? These guys today don't even do that. Oh, don't worry. You got to see a gap here, a gap. They're like, you're going like, what's going on? What happened those days? And the great, the, the worst thing I'm seeing today is there's no more framers because out in Oshawa, they were just building there by the university. They actually came in with pre-built walls and pre-built floors. Oh, really? So they got the foundation. You see the crane dropping the floor in place, and the guys there putting it in place, come back to the next uh, at night, and the walls are up. The crane's dropping walls in place. I'm going like, so who needs a frame anymore? It's the future, Who needs Joe? a mason And, and not only that, they were framing roofs in the middle of the road and craning up the roofs. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm saying, like, this is amazing. You know, I, I'd do this, too. I'm making 10 bucks a square foot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the wrong business. I'm curious. What kind of tool brand are you, man? Tool brand? You got, if you're a framer, I'm going to say that you're yellow. Uh, you know what? I'm yellow, but I like red. Okay. Um, I was using orange, but it broke down too many times. Orange is what? Rigid? Rigid. rigid. Oh, yeah. We all started rigid. Right? But uh, I like the red. I like the, uh, the Milwaukee. But mm. I like the blue, too. I think the Makita depends. You know what I mean? So I got, I got, I got the red. I got the blue. And uh, I have the rigid for, for different things. I, I have my, the old rigids that had, uh, you know, that had the good, um, oh, my God, the hammer, the hammer drill on it, yeah. Yeah. which is not bad. I find a lot of these tools today are getting smaller. And they're, you know what? They're not as good as the bigger tools. So now I'm going back to cord. You're going back? Yeah, I went back to cord. Oh my God. For, I'd break my neck if I went back to cord. No, but I'm using cord. We're using cord for, more power, for, for drilling holes and all that. It all depends. Sometimes you're doing yeah. steel, and that battery depends on what kind of bits you're using. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So right. now I say, you know what? The hell that, guys. You're using the cord. You know what? Don't waste my time paying you. Use the cord to go. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen a cordless guy switch to corded? The yeah. batteries won't charge or something. They're tripping. Yeah. They're, they're strangling themselves they just, they with They just them. don't know. They, they don't ju- get they it. They can't no operate. Idea. They can't operate with I was, it. I went to buy a jackhammer last night because I need it for one of my jobs, and we're looking for a jackhammer. They got cordless jackhammer. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do. So I'm looking going, cordless jackhammer. Who goes going to buy a cordless <laughs> jackhammer? So I said to the guy, how long does that battery last? Oh, it's going to last two or three hours. I said, wait, two or three hours of what? What, an, what are we doing for two or three hours? In a 10-hour day. In a 10-hour day. Are you day? talking about the red one with the car battery on it? Or which one no, are you talking about? This, no, this was called Met. Met- oh, Metabo. 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 Yeah. yeah. And they said it's the best one. It's like an $800, a $700. But they had the blue one and they had the red one. And I'm just looking at them and said, you know what? I'm not going to buy one right now. I'm just going to rent it for the job we got going. I'm Wait, just how was for- it? How did you think? What did you think? I didn't, I didn't buy them because I'm going, there's no way that, you know, I'm going to give it to my guys. There's 
You got to buy the batteries separate. They're only good for two hours. So my guy's not going to be ch chipping for two hours. Oh, the battery, you know, like, come on, let's get the, just give them the And then cord. the battery's going to walk away at the end of the job. It will, yeah. but that's where everything's headed is it's like, it's all this battery stuff, everything. Yeah. And now they've introduced Jackhammer's battery. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that quick insane? Cuts, quick cuts as well. Yeah. Battery. Yeah. What's missing? What's, what's left? Compressor. They have battery, battery Compressor? operated compressors. Yeah, yeah. But they're How getting rid of all that by actually making all the nailers battery. Right. Right. I'm and still a, not a fan of those nailers. So battery. here's the thing. Yeah, I, I'm here. You're I got, not a fan? No. So I got a what you call they're a, heavier a, a trimming a, a, a trim uh, Brad nailer Brad, Brad nailer yeah and uh, here I'm using it I got to adjust it every five minutes to make sure that nail goes in Why and it depends depends if you use MDF or whatever oh, you're using because okay. it's not going through the MDF like it's not it's not penetrating the way it is it's battery because it's an 18 gauge right the nails are thinner on the 18 gauge and the battery is not pushing that nail in and especially MDF try to try to push that nail in through the MDF even with a punch. Yeah. Right, so there's you'll some... get mushroom, but I mean, I guess it. See, my question is, when I see those guns, you got a fully charged battery. It's shooting nails. Fifty nails later, it's not shooting the nail in the same spot. Right, or, because or of you battery, put like right? you yeah. put a five amp battery on it versus a, a two amp or a three amp battery. That there's will affect difference. it, right? Yeah. But you get a pneumatic with a hose, and you set the piece PSI. Every time, all yeah. day, every day, and whether it's a 16, 18, it doesn't matter what gauge it is, it's shooting yeah. straight. And I actually personally love that sound of the compressor turning on. Yeah. That's pretty, know. yeah. I yeah. like it, I do like it. Oh, you know, because you feel like you're on a construction site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was that, John? I, I was gonna say, I don't like the sound of the compressor, but I do like the sound of the nail. Oh, the <laughs> yeah. choom, choom. I love that. Yeah. Uh, Not the compressor. So, Joe, I gotta ask you so you've been in construction for 40, just over 40 years, right? How has the contractor changed? So the 20-year-old back then in the 80s and 90s and the early 2000s and the 20-year-old today, how are they different? Because they are different. I don't give a shit what anybody says. You want to get into that? I want to get right. into that. I want to get into that. So at 17 years old is when I started this as a framer. So let's go back 40 years. So as a framer back then, I worked for an Italian, a couple of Italian Calabres guys. And they're, <laughs> back then they were hard-nosed. And I, what I'm saying is if I wasn't out in, on my driveway at 6 o'clock in the morning and they drove by... I wasn't going to work. And if I wasn't going to work, my dad was going to make sure that I got Beat there. You. Exactly. So you're in the truck, and now you're falling asleep to get to the job and everything else. And, and back then, we were, framing, uh, we were framing in Toronto. We were doing all custom homes. It was as we're going to the job, we're falling asleep. My brother and myself were, you know, in the back of the van, sitting on a on, on Big shout to Sam, by the way. Yeah. We're sitting on these, uh, on these milk cartons, and we're falling asleep <laughs> all over the place. You get to the job, and the first, and then the coffee truck's already there. And that was great old coffee trucks. The coffee back then, man, that was the best coffee. <laughs> we get our coffee, and at 7 o'clock, right away, first thing they said... When I got there is the first day. You see that lumber? Those two by fours? Yeah. They're going over there. And we're working on the Danforth. And you know, sorry, on Queen Street. And you know, this house was like, I'll never forget. It was like eight, it was 10 foot wide and about 60 feet long. And the lumber was at the, and, and we're going uphill. It was one, it was further up on. Uphill both ways. Up, yeah. Right? Back in the day. <laughs> so now, now I got to walk. So now, basically. So now I got to walk 40 feet to the house. My whole job, so how I started was carrying lumber on my shoulder, and I'm like maybe 130 pounds soaking wet. I'm taking two, three, two by fours. The guy looks at me and goes, you want to go home? I said, what do you mean? Three, two by four? Get six, five, six, two by fours on that shoulder and get them up on that house. So that's how I started. There was no forklifts. There was nothing. So once we got the floor, we, we, I didn't even get the, I got there after the joists were done. So I got lucky the first day with two by fours. 
Once the walls went up, now I'm carrying two by eights, 14 footers. How many? I had to carry, I could only carry one. He made me carry two. <laughs> he, you could only carry one, he, he but made, he made, made me carry, carry two. two. <laughs> Anyways, so you could carry two. You know, so I just didn't a know phrase, it. A phrase that's never uttered <laughs> in 2021. <laughs> he made me carry two, so I quit. <laughs> now you got to probably, have you ever framed a house where you have to actually put the two by the two by eights on the side of the wall and then get on top of the wall and pull them up? Okay, so now once it's I hard, get to the man. second floor. Right. My brother was afraid to go up on those eight foot walls. Yeah. So he made me go up. <laughs> so now I'm trying to figure out how to stand a two by four wall on two two by four walls and pull it up. Well, that was a challenge and a half. Thank God I, I made it. And I, so, so did you have your harness on? Of course, your oh, fall protection. Yeah, of course, yeah, 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 tied yeah, off yeah. the sky scaffold right? and trap. Yeah, yeah, it was complete. Yeah. Airbags, everything. Yeah. It was all there. Yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> so the I house heard... was ten feet wide. He just had to lean back. <laughs> you leaned on was... the eve of the other house in order to give leverage to pull it's, it up. It's funny you're saying that because that's what we actually did. Because yeah, it's no, so close. That's how tight it is. That's man. how tight it was. But all I'm saying is, and that's so. That's. Going back 40 years, we had no forklifts. <laughs> right. When you're getting to the second floor now, you got, we're on the second floor and we're pulling up, and back then it was all cut roofs. Now we're putting ceilings up. Who's ever been up 16 feet on a wall and looking down? Like I was scared of my, like my own shadow. I'm, so I'm going, <laughs> now my brother's handing me up these two by six. I'm figuring this all out. And it was just insane just so, thinking how it was back then. And then we, they nailed the whole ceiling up and everything else. Now we've got in cutting rafters. And I'm carrying rafters, and you're carrying the rafters, uh, you're carrying the jacks, you're carrying everything up, and, and, the, and, and you're carrying up the hips. Now we're pulling all these things up. Now they're asking me to go up there and help them put this, mount this roof together. On top like of the second just, floor. On top, it was just insane thinking about it. Now we're handing up plywood. So how do we hand up plywood? We had to actually make, uh, we had to actually make a, a barriers or even a floor on top of a floor to, to, carry, slide. to slide it up. Yeah. And so we're, we're pushing up three floors. Then, you're, then they're nailing down plywood. Even though it's a 412 pitch, you never worked on that. We got some two by fours there. My brother's pushing up. It was just, it was something you'd never see ever again in your life. But all I'm saying, and so now wait today, a minute. You didn't have a zoom boom? Oh, yeah, we had a zoom boom. It was my hands. <laughs> <laughs> so now, today, they got way too many toys. They got way too many. How easy is it? It, it, how, how easy is it? They make it sound as if it's very, very challenging oh, and, and they're worth the money that they're charging. Yeah. I mean, framers of today, what are they making labor-wise, hourly? I don't know. They're making 37, 45 start, bucks an hour. Start. Oh, just start. Maybe 25. You think so? And then what? A first year, second year apprentice, and then second you start year, getting you into it? Second year, you go up 28, and you get up to 30, 37. Depends if you're on your union site or not. Well, listen, they're getting paid. I spoke to a good friend of mine that used to work for me as a framer, and I saw him a couple of weeks ago. They're getting paid right now just to build a simple home. They're getting paid $9 a square foot. Without any extras, a framer must be getting paid over thirty bucks an hour because there's no way like there's a lot of margin there and a lot and there's not a lot of guys you're gonna find. So whoever you're gonna find is gonna want to get paid. So I just feel like they're getting paid and they're doing less work and they're using more efficient tools. So the effort to physically do it is a lot less than what you guys would have did it. Ah, uh, but devil's advocate, we've all said that the houses today are not like the houses. Yeah, they're they used more to be. complicated. Right. Which you have to scratch your head and try to figure out how to frame this stuff. So. You work smarter with a zoom boom, with pneumatic tools, with all of the above. You're working on complicated things. True. Right? So True. we can sit here and bash bash the, uh, I'm not the bashing new school them. ways. I'm not bashing them. However, 
Every generation has the new school ways. Every every generation every generation of But let me ask you a question, Johnny. You're hundred percent right. Would you have rather learned today or back in the eighties? That's a very uh, good question. You know would what? I, I if I had a DeLorean, I'd learn both. You know what I mean? I'd like you're to You're greedy, man. Seriously, I would just like to know how it was back then, yeah. like the experience yeah. of the way it was done, so then I can appreciate it, but then also appreciate how it is done today. I would if it's done today, I if I was a tradesperson, I'd be like like you, where's the advantage? Where where can I actually improve? How can I do this better or whatever? Take advantage of all the new technology that you guys do have nowadays cuz you guys didn't have that, man. But I think the, what I'm getting at, I think the knowledge for me uh, growing up in the 80s and being this in the 80s to today, the advantage that I have, I, I think I have, the way we built back then, we didn't have steel beams in basements. We actually no. had Douglas firs. Yeah. We had to build yeah. the beams in the basement. We had to build walls in the basement. You know what I mean? Because uh, they, a lot of guys didn't want to put beams in, so we built, so they had to pour their, they had to pour their curbs and everything else in the basement. So we're building the basement. The biggest thing that I found uh, that I find myself, and I was doing a lot of renovations of that in Rosedale and uh, in, in Toronto, like a, a lot of them out there. But one of the things I found by being a framer, the integrity and the way the house was structured by building the way we used to build back then gave me a lot more experience today than I, I wouldn't have if I was building today because what I learned back then, balloon framing and all that, a lot of guys have no idea. That's People true. walk into, into uh, old homes today and they have no idea which way the beams are running, which, which direction joists are running, and is it a bloom-framed house? What's, do, what, half the people, you ask anybody right they now, is like, what's a bloom-framed house? And I'm, you know, ask them, go, bloom-framed, what's a bloom? They'd have no idea. So the experience that I, that I got back then, the way we built, there's no way these guys are getting it today. That's a good point. And, and not only that, the way we worked back then, the respect we had to have for our boss, the things that, the way we worked back then, it's not like today. We used to get up and, and start at 7 o'clock in the morning and finish at 5. I'm lucky if I get guys on my job at 9 o'clock in the morning. No, really? Everything is... They're rolling in? They're rolling in when they want to roll in. So the on their phones? <laughs> yeah. Having coffee? On their phones and then texting all day? Like, if I would have done Being that... Being dropped off by Uber? Yeah. <laughs> ordering Uber Eats? <laughs> all that stuff? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so back then, compared to today, I can't even compare the two. You know what? God bless the way the kids are working today and what's going on today. But you know what? A lot of these contractors today automatically think just because you know what i'm i'm going to leave my job i'm going to become a contractor and i'm going to do renovations and i'm going to be i'm going to buy a house and rent go on social media that's all you see how i'm going to make money how i'm going to do this i'm going to do that so let's figure out what's going on with our market if we really look at what's going on today with everybody that thinks he's a contractor everybody's going to be a builder and everybody's going to you know buy a house and renovate it and flip it and flip it look where our prices are today how many everything's multiple everything's on a multiple uh, you know offer why why are we on multiple offers? You see some houses that, you know what, they need work, and people are buying them, and they're buying, and I'm saying, just to flip. Like, it doesn't make any sense what's really going they're on. They're just going to properly flip it, like my definition of flip it. And then some unsuspecting next owner is going to inherit that. Exactly. Right? And then that's going to be a problem, and so they just basically made everything look pretty, but yeah. yet you walk in and you would see, okay, new beams, there's moisture issues, there's drainage issues, there's all kinds of issues, but they didn't address any of that shit. No. New Ikea kitchen and new bathrooms yeah, and slap a coat of paint and I'm loving it. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah, look, look how gorgeous that kitchen is. I, you know what? I know people, relatives, that buy hose, bought a house just because of the kitchen. Oh, I believe it. But yeah, So I what I'm trying it. to say is what I see today and everything else is kind of frustrating on my side because the way I believe how people should be treated and when you're buying something and you're doing renovation or anything else, you don't cut corners. You do it right. 
And then, but you see all these people buying things and cutting corners and, and people on, uh, you know, on podcasts and, and on Instagram and all that. Hey, all hey, the, hey, not, hey. This, this is a great one. <laughs> <laughs> you know the what I'm talking about, man? podcasters out all there. All I'm saying is there's so many, there's the so many people making out there. it right. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess I guess I'm outspoken. All I'm saying no, is, no, it's I, true. I, all I'm saying is, I I honestly believe that there's too many people out there think they know what they're doing, but they don't. That's, Smoke and mirrors, right? That's all it is. And um, I, and I think sometimes when I'm talking to people, you know, they don't want to hear me because, oh, you know what, that's your opinion. But it's not my opinion. There's too many people getting scammed. There's too many people getting ripped off, and you've seen it all the time. And we let it get away. I'm a tear-on builder, and I, I think I was saying this to you, John. Mm-hmm. I'm a tear-on builder. When you build a new home, you need tear-on. Well, people don't really understand what tear is about. Why do I need tear-on when I find building? If I'm building and I have my engineer and I have my architect and I have my engineer and my architect inspecting the job and I also have the town that gave me the permit and is inspecting my job, what do I need tear-on for? I got more insurance on that property than tear-on would ever have in their life. So I'm, I'm misunderstanding. So are you liking Terion or not? No, I have Terion because I have to have then it. That's what I was going to say. Sorry, is that you're a Terion builder because you have, have to, to have, have it. it. But I'm saying for a lot but of But it's not making you a better builder. It's not. But what I'm trying to say is the, the homeowners don't understand that. If I'm building your house without Terion, all the insurances that you have with me, we got to make sure it's done right. Right. And if I change that tile, it's going to be the same color. If I change that road, it's going to be the same color. If you have a foundation issue, I'm going to take care of it right away. When I'm with Tarion, I got 90 days, 180 days. And if I put that tile in, people don't get it. I only have to put a 70% tile in that looks like it. And if the grout is black and I put charcoal, as long as it's close to black. That's not really the rule. That's, that's how it works. Eh? Yeah. Didn't you know that? No, because okay. I never liked Tarion. So, yeah. so that's how Tarion works. So there's so many things out there that people don't understand. When you're renovating a house, that's when you should have Tarion. That's when you need. That's when you need government control. Is when people are walking into your house and renovating your house. Yeah. I'm taking apart your house. The integrity of that house that I'm taking apart is a lot more complicated than me building a brand new a brand house. Brand new one. I agree with you. So, all the rules that are going on in Ontario and what people are doing, they don't make any sense. But that's okay because you know what? That's the way the government wants to run it. Why are we not legislated as renovators instead of as a new home builder? Because a new home builder has all the insurances. When I built my condo, I had five engineers. Do you know that Terion had me get two engineers, okay, offsite engineers, to look at my work, plus my engineers, plus their engineers. For what purpose? To, to sign make off? Sure, to sign off on the job. So there's a lot of things that people... So would, have the, would the job have been properly signed off without them? No. How is that? No, because when you sign up with Terion, Terion tells you that you need an independent inspection, uh, engineer to look over your work that looks over so, my engineers. Here's, here's my question. Who runs Terion? You know what? I don't get into it. I don't, I guess Retired builders. Well, let's put it this way. Terion's only in Ontario. That's another thing. Okay, right. only in Ontario. All of Canada. So where's that legislated in the Canadian... Well, we can talk about LCBO. Same thing, yeah. The Liquor Control Board. Ontario is the only place that we have a liquor control board in this country. Right. Everybody else in every other province, you can purchase liquor wherever you want to purchase it. Until Doug Ford came across. Well, now, I know. <laughs> we changed it. Exactly. And now it just... But that's what it is. It, it's just like, sure. okay, but all of these associations or these programs that they talk a big game about making the industry better, where's their real motives? Well, well, you it's know, it's dollar it's, signs. It's yeah. period. That's, to be, that's to what be it is. Homes on Homes approved, Baumler approved, to be um, Home Stars approved, you, you just need to pay. 
You, you need you need to pay the bill, but and paying then doesn't make you a better contract. Absolutely exactly. not. Exactly, and that's and Absolutely that's not. and that's why I'm against again. Like I said, and I'm not against it. I am. Okay, well, well, <laughs> talking about social media and putting myself out there, and you know what? Oh, you know what? Look at Napa Valley's uh, e, you know website, and he's got all these. I'm not that guy. I'm that guy that you want to do work with me. Talk to Manny. And talk to John that I did at his place and talk to the other guy. Come and see what I've done. Talk to the people because those pictures don't do any justice. Actually, you know what? You, I, I try to educate my customers. And I, and I got a good story here that I tried to educate one of my customers in Rosedale. They wanted me to do a renovation and I actually took them to a house that I ripped off a roof and, I, and we, had to, we had to structurally sound, hold the building up and that. And we're doing the different work to it. And I brought them there to show them what we're going to do at their place. All they were concerned about was what colors the kitchen and what colors the walls. Of course walls. they were. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So, and, and, and I said to them, I'm not the contractor work for you. What do you mean? Well, if you're only concerned about colors and what your kitchen is going to look like, find that guy. I'm not that guy. To me, it's like your, it's like your body, a foundation. If, you, if your body, your foundation, you're always putting junk into anything else, you know what? How are you going to feel? Like it, it's, it's all, that's how I look at it. So if I'm building a house or whatever, to me, the biggest thing is the foundation. I don't care about anything else. The foundation is what matters most. And so if I'm putting, if, if, if my footings call for a six inch foundation, a six inch footing by 18 inch, I go eight by 24 just to beef it up, just to put some steel in. So it costs me an extra hundred bucks. But at least I know my foundation is good. Because if the foundation is good, you know that the whole build's going to be good. When you find a contractor that goes out of his way to educate you on the foundation of what they're going to do for you and not just show you colors in that kitchen, that's the contract you go with. Not a guy that's got 65,000 pictures, thinks he's a great guy, and when you want to go look at that work, oh, the customer's on, you know, they're here, they're, they're gone on vacation. Whatever. You want to get someone that's going to educate you on what you're going to do. And it's not always about the finished product. Well, that's why you've been in the business for over 40 years. It's, yeah, you know what, and same in my restaurants. It's the same in the restaurants. I tried, I, I'm very passionate about construction in my restaurants, and anybody that knows me will tell you, you know what, I'm not going to give you a pizza if it's not the way I think it's going to be. Same as when I had a fish and chips. I made sure that the fish and chips was made the English way. We, we made sure that we did it the way they did it. We made sure that we had the English drinks, you know, the tires. Wrapped in newspaper? The, wrapped in newspaper, 100%. I mm -hmm. used to have people come in there and wrap it. But instead of putting a newspaper, I couldn't just put newspaper. I had actually white uh, newspaper, like just the yeah, print without anything on. Put that on. Then, put, a, then put, the, put two or three layers of that. And then put the newspaper on there. So, and same with, the, you know, we did the Iron Brew. We did the tires there. We did... We did all that, and we also did haggis. So I, I'm very passionate haggis, about... Haggis, really? I'm not... Uh, haggis and, black, and the black pudding. Uh, oh. But, and and, and deep-fried <laughs> deep Mars bars. What? Yeah, deep-fried Mars bars. And also, we also did the deep-fried burgers. Okay. A, a whole burger? Yeah. Deep-fried? Well, just the patty itself. Deep-fried uh -huh. in the batter. So a breaded uh, patty, deep fried. No, it's not bread. It's it's battered. Oh, just battered in the fish and chip batter. In the fish and chip batter. And you, you, in the fish batter. That's interesting. Start. That sounds amazing. That's interesting. So what I'm trying to say is, I'm very passionate. <laughs> I'll take about two of those, please. <laughs> well, this, I had with one customer. He came in and he had two or three of those, and he had his in the he to had eat? his to eat. Like, yeah, and then I, and then all the little bits that would come off the you know all the all the little bits that came off the fish, put them aside, and he come in and you know and you want that and you give him all the little bits and his fries. He sit there and. Douse it well. Douse it all with the uh, malt vinegar, vinegar yeah. and salt. The smell there was just amazing. You see this guy is, <laughs> He's right? eating to perform. Eh? He's oh, an athlete. Man. That's He's an athlete man. right there. Joe, this has been a pleasure, bro. I mean, this has been amazing. I gotta find my paperwork here. What's going on? 
Is that it's under the pizza box? There it is. No, I got it all. I got it all. So Joe, Napa Valley Developments, right? Right. And uh, NapaValleyContracting.com, though. Right. That's for my website. So you're confusing people because it started as contracting, but no, it's fine. And then Joe at NapaValleyContracting.com. Been a pleasure, man. I mean, I I I could talk forever about what's wrong with construction today compared to what it was. What is construction? better or worse today um i I think it's a lot better than today than it was years ago we've come so far with technology and all that i think it's great with all the the technology we have and all that some people ruin it for us more than else with all the respect well again like i said you know what the people that really don't know what should be going on are ruining our name that's the only part but the technology and everything else about construction it's far better than it ever was especially with all the materials we have and the way things are but i think there's just too many guys out there that that are too, many schmucks. too many schmucks, schmucks out there more than else. Schmuck. Has but the I, stigma changed for the better? Are we getting more respect, contractors? Why? Or are we I, just contract? You tell me. You're you're in it. <laughs> you're in it every day. I'm I'm kind of on the outside now. That you know what? I, I think it has gotten better, but I also think that these guys, that everyone here at this table, has pointed out the celebrities, wannabes, the 15-minute fame or chaser guys and the TV people are giving us a bad name. They started with good intentions, but they're giving us a bad name now. Yeah. And so, I think the guys that actually want to do really good work and focus on the skills and focus on the industry and move it forward are trying really hard, but they're a minority to their majority. Yeah, and, I like, and like you said uh, before, no one's going to give us a show that's really going to show how it should be done the truth what's going on out right. there and i think somebody should put that out there there should be a show that's nothing cut out you know right, it'll happen one day right and i think that's one of the biggest thing because and that's going to be a big eye opener for a lot of people yeah and as soon as that happens it's going to it's going to shift the whole industry it will then it's only going to be real yeah there'll be no fake there'll exactly fake and i think a question for you manny you do this and you know both of you guys the question for you guys is do you not think we should be regulated absolutely do we should be regulated? As, absolutely, as contractors. Okay, so I would agree with you if it's not a cash grab, all right? If it if it's actually regulated properly and it doesn't get abusive. Same thing with social media. Social mm. media started as a positive, but it became abusive. The moment that any association becomes abusive, I'm not interested in anything. Going back to what I'm saying is I, being regulated in a way the same way as electricians regulated with a license the same way as a plumber is regulated as a license as the same way as you know what i mean like hvac I, I, like I, but here's my argument okay so everybody's got driver's license but everybody gets into car accidents right and they're called car collisions now they're not accidents anymore because accidents actually depict the fact that you couldn't do anything about it which is not the case everybody trade-wise that does have a license I've seen them do shit work. Absolutely. That's true. 100%. But I've seen guys who don't have license do amazing work, but also vice versa. And you've seen the approved guys by by picking names. That's what I'm saying is that I agree with you on the regulation, but the moment that it becomes abusive, I'm out. Right. So that's why a lot of these organizations are abusive. WSIB, I'm sorry, is abusive. Yes, totally. 100%. When there's a surplus of billions of dollars... And when someone legitimately gets hurt, they need that support for the reason why that organization was set up. And then they have to go through so many hoops to prove that they actually physically got hurt properly. And they actually have an issue with their physical, mental or whatever it is. But then they won't give you those funds. That's abusive. That regulation is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. And same thing with Tarion, same thing with Build, same thing with all of these. So it's great to suggest a regulation, but don't turn it into abusive. 
That's all right. I'm saying. Can can that happen, man? Of course it can, because anything with power and human beings are the worst. You never see monkeys in the jungle. They don't fucking they build they'll build amazing things. And they'll never stab someone else in the back. They'll never do anything. Animals in the, in the, in the wild do not kill for the reasons that human beings do, right? Absolutely. So that's the thing about it, that we're the worst species when it comes to this. So when you have power and you want to start an abusive regulation, I'm against it. I'm 100% against it. You, if you want to start something, it has to be for the core reason why you started it. Right. The whole regulation was about, I want better electricians, better plumbers, better contractors, better painters, better whatever, everybody. Then you have to focus on that. That's right. all it is, right? And if it means that you have to take a test every single year to prove it, it's the same thing with your driver's license. You have to still upkeep your driver's license. Right, but you know what, Manny? What you're saying there, you're 100% right, but at the same time, you can start your own regulate have contractors that you can regulate and make sure that they're properly trained and all that and we can start our own regulated company that actually regulates these contractors and when you call us to find out who these guys are that are working on your jobs or whatever we're responsible for them yeah so and but you, you should be responsible but, for but them but but you don't take on 10,000 contractors you 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 have association that you only have yeah. 10 or 15 qualified guys here's the work they do and we'll take the responsibility of what these guys do that's what i'm getting at not a government regulated thing cuz that's going to become abusive but what i'm trying to say is there's a lot of guys out there that are trying to do something like that but if you have a properly regulated company that regulates contractors uh, and you know what and we train them properly like the way the union does it, whatever it is, and they're properly regulated. It doesn't have to be government regulated, but at least people know if they call that company, they know that they're getting the But, pr- but Joe, you know the government's going to get involved. That's the shitty thing about this. Well, yeah. you, you know what, guys? Well, we do this every day. We vet our subcontractors. Joe, I, I work for you, and we've worked for uh, many years together without a contract, just basically a handshake we've never screwed each other over right and i can recommend you and you can recommend me so every day we do this to our inner circle to our network as a business and and we're all we all each own businesses here in the industry and we're all civil to each other we have this mutual respect that you kind of operate like me yeah and and like-minded people kind of stick together and and we can recognize each other we can smell uh what do you, did you do say, you guys, Do you guys you smell what? You smell, you smell something? Oh, smell yeah. What was that again? <laughs> <laughs> you smell a sh- I can smell it a mile away. <laughs> you can smell, smell a schmuck. <laughs> do you guys, like both of you guys, do you guys think that the tradesperson back then was better? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, mm. I think I find, I, and I agree with you that I think today, I think it's easy to be a crappy contractor but still present yourself as a really good contractor. Yeah, you, right. what I believe is that back then they were probably better than today. But, if, the, you, but if you did shit job, you were smacked on the side of the oh, head abso- and you were absolutely. told to your face that you fucked up and yep. you should never do that again. Absolutely. Today and, you're not told that. And that's exactly, you're 100% right. Back then, if we screwed up, when I started, when I started wanting nailing floors, that was the first time I wanted to nail a floor, I got a smack in the back of the head and the guy goes, and I said, I said, I'm helping you nail a floor. He goes, did I tell you that? I said, no, but I, he goes, you're not ready to nail floors. Carry lumber. I'll tell you when you're ready to, carry, to nail floors. So what I'm getting I at carry is, two of them. <laughs> you can, my max is one. Yeah, but you're going to carry two. But is that like a... Uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. I interrupted and I lost my train sorry. of thought. But, but you understand what I'm saying? So, but back then, do I think... I think with the trade, with all the materials we had back then, compared to what we have today, I think the materials back then were better quality materials yeah. for what we had. 
where today everything is made from, you know, chipped wood or, you know, LBLs or whatever it is. Back then we had good product. We're, like I said, we're doing, uh, you know, cut roofs and all that. We're like, uh, you know, material back then, and when you had a three by uh, th uh, three eighths sheet of plywood, we wouldn't even put that on a wall. We used half inch plywood. Oh, now they put it on the roofs. Right? And, and, and chipboard. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is, I think that the only drawback that we had back then compared to today, which I didn't like, was a tent test. We used to have tent test. What's that? Tent test is like, um, how am I going to explain it? It's like a the fiber. Sheet. Yeah, fiber sheathing like for, a fiber for walls. Sheet. You know the stuff they put between um, the cement? Those uh, expansion oh, joints. Okay, I know you're talking. Joints. Yeah, you use that as sheathing, right? We used to use that as sheathing. I know. Yeah. Right. I know. I used to. I, I built some. Like I worked so, on houses, and I pull it up apart, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this so stuff, it's man?" Itchy. So you're carrying that stuff. You're carrying one or it's two itchy, sheets. It's itchy, isn't it? It's itchy, but not only that. As you're carrying it, and the wind blows, all of a sudden the wind cracks. Snap! <laughs> Snap! Smack in the back of the head because you just—that's ten dollars you just wasted. So I know. All I'm saying is, back then, I think with the materials we had to work with, were a lot. You know, when people were going on oh, back then, the well, back then the concrete was real concrete you know what i mean like nobody would water it down you had you had guys no one's put water in the concrete to you know to do the basement you had these guys working down there by hand float by hand not with a you know with the machines down like, i think, a, I think yeah. a lot of what's happened today is great for where we're at in today in life i'm glad i grew up back then and i learned what i learned with the people that taught me back then because again today you you try to teach guys who wants to come and work first of all you can't even get kids or guys or anybody at all that wants to work in construction. There's a, there's, you know, the farm, you know, the few and far between. I guess that's why they are building, you know, prefab homes and all that because you can't, you can't get laborers. You can't get the laborers. Huh? You can't get the laborers, right? Do you think it's easier to hide as a schmuck or a bad contractor today versus like say in the 80s or back yeah, in that, the day? Yeah, that's exactly oh. that was my point. That's a thousand percent. Of course, it's you easier can. to hide Absolutely. now. I think you were busted and caught so quickly. Back, back then. then. It, was, it was very pure. And it, it was, was either pure. you decided, am I going to continue to do it this way or am I going to actually try to step up and be better? Today, it's it's very easy to pretend that you're good. Right. right. It's extremely easy. Well, you're 100% right because if you think about it, back then in the 70s and 80s, mid 80s, I'm going to say right to, towards the late 80s, you're not going into a house without being interrogated a hundred times to make yeah. sure that when you're putting down those tiles, like when the, when the guy would go and put the tiles down, they put the scratch coat. What's a scratch coat now? A piece of mesh with, with, some, with, 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 some, uh, with, with some some concrete on top? Seriously? Back then, they used to put a, a scratch coat. It's a dry pack. A dry pack. Totally different. Like it's totally different when we used to build back then to today. And where did they get that? They got that from Italy, didn't they? What's that? The dry pack, the yeah. one inch, two inch, the yeah. base. Yeah. That's how they did it. But we it never to, cracked. But we used to have to screw down the floors too, right, Manny? It was just it wasn't just nailed. We screwed down the floors, then put the dry pack. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, oh my God, I'm gonna put the mesh down. I'm gonna, and I'm going like it's now. There's the deflection tolerances. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff, so your floors can move. Yeah. So your dressers handles can wiggle when you walk across the room. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm glad that we had an engineer and we had all this <laughs> building code shit, right? I just, I love that. I have, I've been in those homes where I'm walking and I'm like, you, you guys got a cow here? What's going on? Like, is there a cowbell? I, I could do a little bit of cowbell in this grinnel, right? Like, you smell that? You smell the, <laughs> smell the Milo. We got to wrap this up. But so, Joe, pleasure very much. We got one little last segment here. We call it the 12 questions of construction. There's no right or wrong. This is just purely your own opinion. We're right off. Uh, I don't know, I'm done, man. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, what is your favorite construction word? Favorite construction word? I have no idea. You don't have a favorite construction word? Craft and clerk. 
Doesn't it? Right? <laughs> sure. Right? There you go. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. What is your least favorite construction word? Don't say craft and coin. <laughs> Stone stroke. Stone stroke. There you go. I didn't know there was construction lingo. Sorry. No, no, no. Any word. It could be anything. Anything at all. It doesn't have to be necessarily constru- like uh, related to construction. Oh, okay. So Just like, what is your favorite word from construction? What is your least favorite word from construction? You put me on the spot. Ask me something else. Come back to them. <laughs> what turns you on in construction? What turns me on? The finished product. What turns you off in construction? Don't say craft and clerk. Why, why does Joe keep on looking for <laughs> I you? I don't know. It's not a test, man. It's not a test. What turns me off about construction? The schmucks. The uh, schmucks, yeah. The schmucks. Let's, let's say that, sure. Don't be a schmuck. What is your favorite curse word or phrase? You put me on a spot. You know what? All of a sudden here, I'm trying to answer. Ask me the else, but anyways. There's no right or wrong, man. Manny's the principal right now. There's no right or wrong. Favorite curse word. Fuck. There. What is your favorite car, truck, or bike, or vehicle? Alfa Romeo. Mm, which one? 4C. Mm. One sitting over there, right? Yeah. What, what is your least favorite? My least favorite? Corvette. Car. You don't like Corvettes? No. At all? At any all. of them? No. Any of them? No. Not even a 70 Stingray? Yeah, there's, there's a like, split back. The 60s, yeah. yeah I, I like them, but the... Here we go. The new stuff today is... <laughs> No, no. The, the vets of today are garbage, no, The old man. ones are nice. Yeah, yeah. The old ones are nice, yeah. man. What construction sound or noise do you love? The noise when my hammer hits the nail. When it hits it perfect. Perfect. And it takes that one shot to put the three-quarter inch nail in. Yeah. It is with a stiletto or, or a 28-ounce ah, with a stiletto. Yeah. Uh, what construction sound or noise do you hate? Hate? Uh, the pneumatic nailers. You don't like pneumatic nailers? No. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt, Joe? I think that I, I, I have private no idea. Dancer? I guess, yeah, maybe private, maybe skydiving. Not sure. Private <laughs> dancer. <laughs> Welcome to the stage. From Napa <laughs> Valley. All the way from Napa Valley, Joe Ferreira. <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? Private inspector. A building inspector, yeah. Eh? Yeah, yeah, you're not envious of no. them, man. They get all kinds of shit. I got one more question, but I got to go back to what is your favorite construction word? Sorry. Yeah, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There it is. What is your least favorite construction word? Your least favorite least construction word. Construction word. It might be the same as the first. Yeah, I'll be there true. tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be there tomorrow. True. Absolutely. <laughs> and the last Love question. Love to hear it and hate to hear it. Joe, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome. Joe Ferrara, Napa Valley Developments, NapaValleyContracting.com, Joe at NapaValleyContracting.com. Thank you very much, man. Really appreciate you being on the show. Thank and you so much for having us, guys. It was like a nice appreciate little memory it. trip, man. So Absolutely. we're not too far on age, so I totally get the 80s and 90s and, and today what's going on. And I pick on the younger generation all the time, and I don't give a fuck what they think. <laughs> it hurts. I feel triggered, Manny. As a younger person, you're an elder, I feel triggered. You're an elder millennial. You're almost 40, man, aren't you? Come on, I can still feel triggered. You're, you're, you're born in 81? I just want to feel triggered, You're 40, man. man. How are you even considered... A millennial. I, I am. Techni- you're a Gen X. How, how no. do you figure you're a millennial? I wish you're I was Gen a Gen X. X I wish I had the street cred of a Gen X. I'm a millennial. <laughs> okay. And I, I'm the last year the of a millennial. The street cred of a Gen X. You know, I don't have it. I lose <laughs> so all you're an old cred. soul, Johnny. <laughs> Maybe I'm an old soul. You're an old soul. But Perhaps I'm an old soul. Welcome to the stage, John. <laughs> street cred. <laughs> the Gen X. <laughs> we got to get out of here. Joe, again, thank you very much. And thank you, John. Thank uh, you. What, uh, Stone Stroke. 
Stones.com. Stonesthrowconstruction.com. So starts Stonesthrowconstruction.com. Craft and Clerk. What are we talking about here? Craft and Clerk are, is the clerical subcontractor for your contracting business. Guys, everyone, just go online, check it out. If they send you an email, you're going to get it or who's going to get it? Somebody's going to get it. Craft and Clerk's going to get it. And then they'll get back to you and they'll talk to you about what you guys could possibly Absolutely. do for them. If you want to, If you want to talk to me about Craft and Clerk... Just shoot you a DM. Shoot me a DM. That's it. And then where, where, where are we at, guys? We're in car heaven. We're in car heaven. We're looking at Ferraris, Alfa Romeros, McLarens, Porsches, Land Rovers. We're at our club. Beautiful spot. You know what I don't see here? It's a Toyota Prius. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I'll make a request for you. No, okay? don't bring I'll that car request. in there, man. That's all. We got to get out of here. All right. Thank you, gentlemen, so much. Check Thank us out you, on man. the next Cheers, show. Guys.